Shalom, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the Mormon Kabbalah Podcast. This week we're on chapter 9, and I'm just going to jump right in. In verse 1 it says, And thou hast perceived that Adam fell. In his foolishness he lost his inheritance. But this I knew should be, so too did he before he was born. And behold, to this end was he born, to be the first man unto God, even as I should be the last. So what's that saying here? If we're looking at this as Adam and Eve being actual historical people, that would mean that these are the first people that God introduces himself to in human history, or at least human history as we know it. For us, though, looking at this Kabbalistically, we knew before we came here that we were going to be testing ourselves and that we were going to fall from the godhood that we had in the pre-mortal world so that we could hear, accept Jesus Christ and grow in grace so that our physical selves and our spiritual selves can become one. And they will not become one until they get to that point to where we're resurrected in Christ and our physical being and our spiritual being are on the same level. And that's really when our soul is born in a sense, but it really can't happen until the resurrection because as finite beings, we can't see things through the infinite perspective that we had before we came here. Psalm 82 says, you're gods and you'll die like princes. And, and that's what's going to happen. We have to die so that we can be reborn. And in that resurrection, our physical bodies will be a perfect creation, just like our spiritual bodies, never to die again. Verse 4, For behold, in my Father's name did I create the heavens and the earth, and thus I am the beginning and the end. So too was Adam with me in the beginning, and thou wert also with me in the beginning. So this story of Adam and Eve is the story of us. But I am... Before the beginning, the only begotten, even before the creation of thy spirit, by God, who is our Father. That originally said Elohim, who is our Father. The person who edited this changed it. For behold, I am the same which spake, and the world was made, and all things came by me. I am he which knoweth all things, for all things are present before mine eyes. Now this, of course, refers to Jesus Christ being the Word made flesh. We did not come into this world by accident. All of this is by design. And Jesus Christ is the I Am, YHVH, Yavah, Jehovah, the Creator. And we were with him in the pre-mortal world. And it came to pass that Adam did fall, and thus Lucifer thought to thwart the designs of God. But behold, he did not account for the righteousness of my servants Adam and Eve. And that's, that's the Adam and Eve inside of us. That righteous desire to bestow, that righteous desire to receive. They're not perfect because our mortal bodies have corrupted them. But they're still seeking the light. They're still seeking God. Verse 11, For knowing wisdom, Eve said unto Adam, after he is partaking of the fruit, Yea, it is better for us to pass through sorrow, that we may know good from evil. And it came to pass that Eve spoke unto Lucifer, saying, I know thee now. Behold, thou art Lucifer, he who is cast out of the presence of Elohim for rebellion. Now, obviously, Satan didn't tell her this, so who did? Verse 13, But behold, 
This wisdom was from God, for the Spirit had not fallen upon Adam and Eve, but the wisdom in them from their mother had been planted in their hearts from the fruit of that tree. And thus ye see the light of Christ is given to everyone, that all may know good from evil. Wherefore, I, the Lord, might show unto you the way to judge, and behold, this is how she was warned. So, you don't have to have the gift of the Holy Ghost to have this wisdom. The wisdom comes from the Divine Feminine, from Jesus Christ, not the Holy Spirit. It's the light of Christ, but that wisdom is from the Mother. That understanding without knowing how we understand what's good and what's bad. We don't have that on our own. That light of Christ comes from God the Mother. Verse 16, And thus did Lucifer say unto her wisely as to the wisdom of the world. Notice the separation there. There's the wisdom that's the light of Christ that we get from the Divine Feminine, from Heavenly Mother, and there's the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world is the trap. It's the rationalization. It's the lack of proper and full understanding, and so we follow after what we presume might be right with our finite knowledge while we ignore the infinite wisdom of God the Mother. So Lucifer says to her, Yea, and I see that thine eyes are now open, even as I promised. So here he is, being all slick. Yeah, just like I said, I told you, you'd, you'd be smart, you get that wisdom, now you've got it. Because Verse 17, he sought to keep them trapped and ensnared in his lies as he had Lilith. But they're not Lilith. We become what we truly are, and Lilith was always perdition. She just couldn't see it until she came here away from God and was on her own and could realize who she always was. God did not make her perdition. She was just able to recognize her true self and embrace that because God's never going to force us to be good. Verse 18 And it came to pass that Adam looked upon the serpent and saw his apron of priestcraft and asked him, What is this apron that thou hast covered thyself with? For behold, up to this time man was naked as to the things of the Lord. This is not to say that Adam and Eve wore nothing, save it be their skins, yea, they were naked as to clothing themselves in righteousness. And knowing good from evil, Adam saw that Satan was clothed in wickedness. And so Adam asked him again in verse 22, What is that skin you're wearing? And twice did Lucifer seek to yield not unto the man an answer. But behold, even as he was tempted three times, so too did the man ask a third time, Behold, what is this apron with which thou hast clothed thyself? And it came to pass that that devil, seeking to fool the man, spake unto him upon the third time, saying, It is an emblem of my power and priesthoods. Yea, and behold, the devil hath no power, but unto evil and priestcraft and sorcery and wickedness. Thus the devil called his dark power and his priestcraft priesthood to mock that which is holy before me. Which, of course, that means before God. So again, we have Adam and Eve enticing Satan here, asking him questions. They know there's something wrong. They know he's not a good guy. And yet here they are asking him for his wisdom, his wisdom of the world. 
and Satan is continuing to tell half-truths and lies. In verse 27, At this the man Adam, knowing right from wrong, by the power given him from the fruit of that tree, which is the Spirit of Christ given unto everyone, yea, even my light unto them, thus he did say unto that devil, I am looking for Yavah, my father, to come down and give us further instructions. And behold, this made the devil angry. And Lucifer said unto him, in much mocking, Oh, thou art looking for God to come down. But when you call on God, and you let God know, I'm looking for you, God listens. He's always listening. But Adam is looking for that pierced heart. He's looking to be born again. Verse 30, But behold, hearing the voice of Adam, calling upon the name of the Lord, Elohim spake unto me, saying, My beloved son, we promised the sons and daughters of man that we should visit them and give them further instructions. Come, let us go down. Notice here that that's plural. Sons and daughters. Because we have more desires in us than just one Adam and one Eve. So when God comes to us, he's coming to all of our desires. Verse 32, And thus the Father sent me down, and I came down with the Father, even as we did unto my servant Joseph, speaking of Joseph Smith Jr. in the first vision, and we were then with them, the men and that devil, even in the garden. So that's got to be awkward. Here's Lucifer that was cast out of heaven. Here's God that cast him out. And there in the middle is us. And when we entered the garden, Adam and Eve did hear, and Satan caused that fear should come over them. Fear is always of the devil, never of God. That the fate of Lilith, unknown to Adam, should fall upon him and his wife Eve. And it came to pass that mocking God, Lucifer gave unto Adam, for to make themselves apron of leaves, to hide that they were naked in the things of the Lord, saying, See ye are naked. Take thee some fig leaves, and make unto thee aprons, lest Elohim see thy nakedness. Behold, hide yourselves with much speed. So he's openly mocking God here, saying, Make these aprons, so you can have a priestcraft apron too. You know that God hasn't ordained you a ministry yet, but let's pretend. And Adam and Eve hid, in verse 37, But unlike Lilith, they did not flee the garden before us. Yea, they stood in our presence yet hidden from before us. That's what we have to do when we sin. And when someone comes to you and they're having they're struggling with sin, you've got to stand there in front of God. We have to confront the fact that we sinned. 38, And it came to pass that I called out for a man, knowing that they had hidden themselves. And the man called his wife out, confessing their sins, even their nakedness. And though they sought repentance, they did not confess their sins unto themselves. But behold, they placed blame one to another and upon that serpent, even the devil Lucifer. Now, if you're familiar with the story in Genesis, you'll know what that means. Adam and Eve get called out before God, and they say, and Adam says, oh, it wasn't me. The woman you gave me, she made me do it. And Eve says, oh, it wasn't me. It was a serpent. The serpent made me do it. No one made anybody do anything. They had their free agency. They made a choice. They chose poorly. But once again, 
Satan is proving himself to be perdition. It's not that the Lord won't allow him to repent. It's who he is. He just isn't going to do it. Verse 41, And it came to pass that I did curse him, Satan, and cast him out. Yea, my servants, Samvi, San Zambi, and Samuel, commanded him, saying unto that serpent, Depart. And then I said unto Adam, Be not sorrowful, my son Adam, for thou did wish to become a god, lowercase g, and yet thou did transgress my command. For behold, knew he not, Adam didn't know, that for this end he came into the world. And I spake unto you again, saying, Behold, I will establish thee, not at this present, but after the days of thy probation, that thou may prove thyself. And thus I prepared them to be sent out of the garden. Now that's the end of chapter 9, but that is the beginning of everything. Because we're cast out into the garden, and the whole, all of it, is about the journey back to the garden. Because that's where God is. The Garden of Eden is heaven, the celestial kingdom. It's everything. Satan is going to try to lead us into a false celestial kingdom, a false heaven, a great and spacious building filled with just the most beautiful things of the world. But weren't the most beautiful things of the world already in the garden? The natural trees where you could just eat freely. The animals, they're helping as you're tending to the garden. Would you rather be boxed up in a beautiful wooden or metal room filled with gold and silver, with the creations of the hands of men? Or would you rather be in the garden with the creation of God? Human beings can make beautiful architecture. We can make beautiful statues, beautiful replicas of things of nature. And in that sense, we are, I guess, minor creators. But God is the creator. In the Garden of Eden, it was the capstone, the most beautiful thing, and he gave it to us. And we cast ourselves out of it. And from the moment that we leave, all we want to do is get back in there. That's what life is about. That's what the journey is about. That's what Teshava is. It's not about moving forward into some future thing that you'll get to eventually. It's about returning back to where you were in the first place. That childlike innocence, that wonder, that, that desire to please the Lord, our Creator. So as we are working through our ministries, we need to make sure that we know the direction that we're going in. We've been cast out. The congregation has been cast out. And we're not there to say, let's build a new heaven and a new earth. The new heaven and the new earth are going to be us returning to the completed creation, to that Garden of Eden in its infinite perfection, where we're given the fruit of that tree and the tree of life to eat freely eternally. And we'll start that journey next week when we begin going over chapter 10. Until then, Shalom and God bless.